0: Hazard, AKA Lily, And we're here to sort of start a like, you know, a uh, movie film review related podcast about, you know, whatever film we feel like talking about. So today we're going to talk about uh, the 1980s sci-fi horror film Videodrome. So this film was written and directed by uh, David Cronenberg. And it was actually like one of his first like big kind of Hollywood films. And um it's about this guy, uh Max Wren, who's played by James Woods, who he's he's like the president of this um this television company, it's Civic TV, um, which I guess broadcasts out of Toronto. And they specialize in a certain kind of programming that's, you know, a bit sadistic, if you will. Um, and so then his I guess one of the guys that works for him, Harlan, who's this Sort of, he specializes in piracy, and so he pirated this uh, signal from this this place. He, he's not really even sure at first where it's from, and it's it's this show called Videodrome. And um, yeah, so like, what what exactly is Videodrome?
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things it could be. Like, you have the sleazy corporate side of running it, but then it's also its own entity as well. And you never really get an answer of, like, what, because it it moves. Like, it's kind of alive. You can defeat it. You can be taken in by it. So I don't really know what video drone really is, except that, like I said before, it's incredibly ahead of its time. And... Really gross, like whatever video drum is. It's very gross. Yeah. It's, it's it's
0: yeah. It's got some strong body horror elements to yes, it. Yes, yes, um, it does. Something that really marks David Cronenberg's career. Like, yeah, and
1: that's something that I've also noticed about him, especially is like showing the just the really gross signs. Kind of like those. Uh, what is it like? Um, like the Mad Magazine exaggerated gross features yes. of like people, like. Not I don't want to say average people because I don't want to be hurtful to anyone, but like, yeah, it's it's very much exaggerated, Mad Magazine esque like features and appearances, yeah. um, habits even. Um, but yeah, it's and not even yeah. just like gross by like the body horror, but just what Videodrome is. It definitely makes me uncomfortable, and I don't I don't want to watch watch it if it
0: was real. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, so so basically, he's he kind of becomes obsessed with it, right? Yeah. Like he really, he, he, he seems like, like his character really seems like a guy who's like constantly chasing the next. Thrill. Yeah, exactly. He's a real thrill chaser and he's like probably has a lot to do with like why, why he does the job he does. I mean, Mm -hmm. he comes off to me as like a really kind of shady guy at first. Like the, like one of the first things we see is he goes to that meeting with the Japanese guys and then he just like randomly steals some food off of uh, one of those like carts that the um, people who like clean the rooms and hotels. Yeah,
1: it's kind, of, and you don't really like. Why does he have to do that? It's just this, just second nature. Was he at the bottom for a while, and these are just habits and traits that he's picked up? Because yeah. we really, besides what we already know about him, we don't really know about what he was doing before this all was going down, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. except trying to legitimize himself in some way. Um. Yeah. Yeah, his motivations are very strange. And they're very he, strange. Yeah, they're and that he does want to like I said bring that legitimacy to himself, but it's just yeah. I don't know why. <laughs>
0: yeah. It really feels like he's he's they they want us to feel like he's a really scummy weird kind of guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. and he is, but I also feel like he's not without his because there's there's that scene when um, Nikki wants to is showing him she's gonna burn herself with a cigarette, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. wants to indulge her, but only to a certain point because he he's he's freaked out by it clearly. So even mm-hmm. he has his limitations to what yeah. freakiness is gonna be involved or whatever. Even though yeah. she's totally cool with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. He he has. I feel like his best quality is that he seems like if he wants something, he he pursues it really strongly yes and so he's like our avenue toward because we want the same answers that he does so we're kind of like okay i yeah i'm intrigued too i want to know what more about this weird thing video Mm -hmm. drum, whatever it actually is and yeah like you said he he does have limits he's not he definitely has a more moral hierarchy where it's like it's very small though (laughs) yeah it's very And and it kind of dissipates throughout the film yeah um so, so then, like, later on in the plot, so he goes on this uh, Regina King show, yeah. right? And that's where he meets Nikki Brand, who's, like, this, um, I guess you could say a sadomasochistic talk show host. Yeah. And so, yeah, later on, we, we see she has a show, like, do you remember what it was? She was, like, trying to stop people from, like, harming themselves or I something did, like that.
1: Cause at the height of, like, just, like, the 80s, I also think we need to look at, like, when it was made, too, what yeah. was going on then. At the height of, like, I think the 80s and 90s, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, there was a boom in um, radio psychiatry, which is what the show Frazier's all about, basically. Um, And whether or not it's healthy, productive, if you can really diagnose someone within a one-minute phone call. And that's kind of the impression I was getting with her, um, is that she's some kind of pseudo radio psychologist in some way, because that's Kind of, she sounds like she's talking whoever's calling her on her show off a ledge of some kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. But people like that tend to do have a dark side of some kind. So
0: <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and her, her dark side is that she's, she's a sadomasochist and likes to be, you know, tortured and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another part of that, that show was this guy, Brian Oblivion, who's, very very interesting character, yes. um. <laughs> so Brian Oblivion is a guy who he's like he's 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 like a professor or something, and he never appears in person. He only appears like through a television. Yeah,
1: which is what we're all doing now,
0: basically. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: again, is very ahead of its time. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and so he just kind of goes on this rant while. <laughs> While um while Max is trying to ask Nikki out,
2: <laughs> which is then really... he's into his like seedy
1: sleazy personality,
0: yeah, yeah, He's he...
1: clearly verbally degrading him, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Well, I
2: kind of like that." <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is a kind of it's like a great scene. Um, uh-huh. what I really found interesting. So this guy Brian Oblivion, he kind of reminded me like some of the things he was saying. There's this there's this uh this guy um who's like a media like a professor of, of like media criticism is his name was Marshall McLuhan. He was a Canadian um like media critic and he became very prominent in the 60s. He wrote this book, um, I think it was called like media criticism or something like that. And what he was known for was uh he talked about how the the medium is the message. That was like a big quote of his from his book. And he talked actually talked a lot about like television piracy and like different ways of like viewing media that sort of have an innate um, material sense to them. So like, if you watch like a pirated television show and like, you know, seeing that static, okay. like that has a different, that creates in and of itself, a different feeling of that media object than like seeing, you know, HBO
2: okay.
0: would be. Um, and what Brian of Living was saying kind of reminded me a lot of that. Cause he also talked about how, how media was an extension of ourselves. Like he had this, this quote, it was like, it's like the, the cameras are the retina of the, of the mind's eye, something like that. Uh And yeah, the Brian Oblivion character kind of felt really on point for what, uh, McLuhan was saying. And so I felt like that was like a way for, um, for Cronenberg to kind of bring in that type of theme into the film. Uh, Uh, like thematically, like that's what he's trying to, to talk about is like how these, how media and how these, um, these ways of viewing ourselves actually have an impact on us and how they really inform who we are. Uh-huh. Um, See, so yeah, I thought that was really, his character was really interesting. Um, yeah. And, oh, god. Yeah, so, go yeah, Yeah. So, so then like oblivion, he, he says like, um, he makes this really interesting comment. Like soon we'll all have special names, names designed to make the cathode ray tubes resonate. <laughs> I thought That's that like was like our really...
1: usernames, dude.
0: Yeah. Like like... Oh, our... dude, this, this is, is like, like... <laughs> totally right on social media.
1: It really is and it's also I don't know maybe it kind of reminds me of like these these stands or these fans like don't get me wrong I'm a stand of a few different people too but like it's almost like we make human beings love making clans within clans within clans you know mm-hmm. what I mean I mean yeah. it's just and usernames are an extension of that sometimes as well like you know I've I read somewhere that like your name kind of can help shape the rest of your life by what people call you the nicknames by that extension but no like i i I love that part of it. I was like, wow.
0: Yeah. So I mean, even, even like that, there's like people create parasocial relationships with with entities that are like not even, they never even know, right?
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those drawbacks of like when you watch a like a famous influencer for so long, you feel yeah. like you're part of it, but yeah. you're not. And that's yeah, totally. where that line gets really gray.
0: Totally, totally. Um, so yeah, I feel like this, this, this film was like very prescient in the way that it understood media and it's very relevant to our like social media age. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so then after that, the TV show he Max like they go on a date, he goes on a date with Nikki and then he shows her a video drum and then they like they like have this
2: awkward sex scene <laughs>
1: I was like, this is like my top five grossest scenes. Like the noise alone, like the audio edit. Like I'm kind of a stickler for like, um, um, sound mixing and stuff like that. Like, and I was just like, this is, this is too much. Like they recorded the gross noises after the filming of it. I don't know, but yeah. And she's into pain. The first thing she wants to do is watch porn,
2: and like
1: the raunchiest, nastiest one. And even yeah. he, again, is kind of like, oh, we don't have to watch that. Like, we don't have to do that. We can just, like, stay in or whatever. And she's like, nah, dude, let's do this. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing, too, because, like, the film kind of presents this idea about, like, it, you know, is Max... Because um, he, he becomes a conduit of the video drone, right? Mm-hmm. And the question is, like, you know, is is he you know was he chosen to do it or did he choose to do it you know it's almost like he doesn't really actually want to become the the conduit of this of this thing
1: yeah i think it cuz we never want to become the worst parts of humanity you know what i mean like yeah. we don't ever want to we don't we see other we see karens at a restaurant <laughs> behaving awful and stuff yeah. like that and then we're like that'll never be me but then yeah your package from Amazon doesn't arrive late. So you contact customer service and you're on hold for 15 minutes. And
2: before you know it, you're the Karen,
1: you know? And yeah, I think it's this fight to, again, Your He already knows, I think to an extent he's a sleazy person, but it's taking that final leap into the cesspool of grossness that I don't think, he, I even think even he doesn't think he can do or doesn't want to do. And Again, I feel like this movie is just kind of like a mirror, you know of like humanity's pretty gross
2: sometimes and awful and yeah.
0: yeah, totally yeah. um and and a lot of it comes through the media, like the media that we consume um it's kind of yeah it's it's sort of like shades of what we are uh, as people like uh-huh. and and that was one of the things too that they talked about in that talk show was he was like. You know the 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 host asked him. Um, you know, uh, like, do you, do you think this has a negative um, impact on people? And he's like, No, no. I think it's just people like letting out their 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 deepest desires by watching yeah. our programming. Yeah. Um. And and that's like that's like an internal debate of you know media criticism. Like, does consuming violence make people violent?
1: Exactly. It's right? the whole like video game, like violent video game mm-hmm. argument. You know, it's. Like I watch game I've watched Game of Thrones. I don't want to go out and grab a broadsword and go cut off people's heads saying I'm the mother of dragons or something. Yeah. But yeah. You know. It's an escape. Exactly. But then I watch something like Daredevil and I'm like, yeah, I would totally love to get jacked and go beat up some criminals. But again, I am weak. I can't. So, <laughs> but that's why we watch these You just things.
0: need to learn how to use like a crossbow. That's that tends to be like the next step. <laughs>
2: crossbow something like that
0: yeah. yeah
2: um
0: okay so then i i think the next plot point was like max meets with masha who is this uh like older woman who um she like produces softcore porn and he's like yeah
1: some russian like i'm assuming she's eastern european or yeah like yeah
0: that. yeah she's like also, Eastern or ukrainian or something
1: i don't mean to interrupt i don't want to sidetrack or anything but all of the main characters most of the main characters he encounters are all women which I noticed, which I thought was kind yes. of, I don't know if that was important yeah. or if it was an accident or if it meant something.
0: But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's this really, so like, if you think about it, what was the opening image? It was his, what was it? She was like his, uh,
1: girl Friday, his secretary.
0: Yeah. That's literally what, yeah. She says yeah. like, Hey, it's your girl Friday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it's the secretary like telling him, Hey, you need to wake up and meet with these Japanese guys for this. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because again, he's, he's getting all these things through, like she could call him on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it comes
2: through the TV. It comes through the
0: TV. Um, like that's how he lives. He lives through this device. Yep. And that's how he understands the world. It's like, oh, the television told me I need to go to work.
2: I go right. get up and go to work.
0: I go to <laughs> oh, <I'll go." laughs> oh, work. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, now we have even, well, I'm not going to say its name because it will activate A L X A right next
0: yeah, to me. Yeah, and you're like, Turn yeah, yeah. Or the air conditioner
2: or the lights. Yeah, yeah. It's like plugged Here. into your whole life.
0: The yeah. We oh man. I, if if only they knew like what the smartphone would do to humanity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's and like
1: we, we willingly take it. Yeah. <laughs> we take it, and, and
0: it's I like. A, I
2: that,
0: so. Imagine the television that has. Access to all the information in the world within a couple seconds—that you can also broadcast yourself. in Skynet.
2: <laughs> <Just> Skynet.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. See that? I, I totally sidetracked you. I'm sorry, but that's no, it's, like it's
2: fine. It's a
0: show.
1: Like, if the world ends, it will be because of an AI. I'm con- i
0: convinced of it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like to be honest, I feel like um, I think I think if the if there's like AI, I think, and they're like, and there's like a, what, I forget what they call the, a singularity. Yes. I think they would. I don't think they would care at all about us, to be honest.
2: We've been
1: asking them the dumbest questions for the last like five years. Yeah. Why would they care? We, they know what yeah. we're all about.
0: Because it's like it's like, do we care about ants or Uh-oh. colonies of, you know, we might accidentally harm them because they either interact with us in a way we don't like. Or you know, we're like building something on what was their territory, and we're so much more advanced that they can't even they can't even beg to like not be you know obliterated. but like, yeah, I, I just to me like that we <laughs> I, I have this theory that in the in the long, long future, like we'll be AI will see us the way we see like dogs. like they are oh, little yeah. they yeah, like but... like they are little pets. And, yeah, there are some people who, like, do horrible things to dogs or cats or other animals. But oh, yeah. ma- the majority of people treat dogs well because they see them as, like...
1: Helpful or kind or comforting.
0: Or, cute, yeah. or, or they give cute. them some level of pleasure mm-hmm. <clears throat> beyond whatever. And there's also, you know, we have this symbiotic relationship with dogs yeah. where we've evolved with them over you know, long, long, long amount of time.
1: I it's probably millions of years at this point, probably unless yeah. I not like it's real dope,
0: but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's actually interesting. Like they can't even trace like where the first basically dog is. And yeah, they,
1: they're literally all over the world. Yeah. All over the world.
0: Yeah. Well, because like genetically the dog is like separate from the other like wolves, like they're genetically distinct. <clears throat> um, but it happened at some point, and they can't really trace when. They can actually trace it to two separate places. The The first dog, basically. What? There's, like, one in Africa, and there was, like, one in Asia. Um, so, like, yeah, the dog is, like, a weird miracle of evolution.
1: It's, like, the greatest evolution. miracle that ever happened. I always say my dog, like, saved me in so many ways. If the healing power of dogs is not a myth. It is absolutely
0: not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, Okay. So yeah, he meets with Masha. Masha is a softcore porn pornographer, and she um, she basically so they kind of talk about videodrome, and Masha tells him to be careful of yeah, videodrome.
1: She's like his in. Like, if anyone's yes. gonna get to it, it's the crazy older Russian lady who knows some people about, <laughs> exactly. about underground porn
0: for. Yeah, she knows things. Yeah, exactly. And, and she has this cool quote. She says it was like it it it's dangerous because it has a philosophy, and that's what makes it dangerous.
1: Yeah, that stood out to me. I was just like, okay, so it is it alive? Is is it alive? Is just this yeah. a weird cult that has changed over time yeah. <laughs> around this entity that no yeah. one really knows anything about, but we're we can't help ourselves.
0: Yeah, it's just this this thing that has an idea, and it just perpetuates the idea on people through the media. Right? Is it
1: just pure evil, and that's where evil comes from?
0: <laughs> yeah, evil is video drone. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. And so I think like the next thing that happens was like um he meets again with Nikki and Nikki's like, "Oh, hey, I'm going to go audition for for Video
2: drama.
1: I was and, born to be in Video I'm Like, girl,
0: girl, you are you are out of your mind.
1: Like, okay. You, you um, go with your dreams. Like my dream is to have a house one day, but you do you. I'm like
0: Yeah, her dream is to get tortured and killed.
1: I mean, there was that guy in Germany, I think it was in like the late 90s or 2000s, who put an ad out that he wanted to eat someone, and someone responded.
2: Oh, someone wanted
1: crazy. to be eaten. So people have their weird thing. People have their end goal. Yeah. and
0: Yeah.
1: Whatever it is, you do you.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly.
2: I, people are uh, complex.
0: Yeah, 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 it, yeah, it's... And Nikki Nikki's Nick definitely one of those people. <laughs> oh, um, and then so so then she uh, because then uh, Max had found out that um, Videodrome is actually based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yep. in America. So it's not. They, at first, they thought it was like in Malaysia or something. Yeah,
2: some a foreign country or something some like country, that.
0: But it's like no, it's actually that was just a, a dupe. It was actually made made in in Pennsylvania. She's like, yeah, I'm going. And he tries to stop her, but that's basically the last we see of her like for real. Yeah. A lie Exactly. Like in this, in this media world where people are perpetuated, uh, it seems ad infinitum to serve Videodrome, you know, who knows what's real or not. Right. So, um, yeah. So, so then she's, she's gone. And so then, um, he, he meets with, uh, he, he basically tries to track down, down Brian oblivion. And, Mm -hmm. He finds out that uh, he's traces him to some place where they, it's like a homeless shelter and they like yeah. homeless shelters just full of people watching television.
1: Yeah. I wasn't really sure what to make of that because yeah. generally at missions, the goal is or was to feed them and clothe them or give them a place to sleep mm-hmm. or find them work, yada, yada, yada. Um, but they're just in front of the boob tube. I guess that kind of shows what, the priorities are is that they would yeah. rather consume something like television rather than mm-hmm. consume food. Like the television will sustain mm-hmm. them or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's possibly what it is, but I think she had an explanation for it. Um,
0: yeah, she did. I forget what it was, but you're right. She, she talked about like why they were having them like do these long, like, binges, like, television binges.
1: I think it was something along the lines to give them just a little peace and solace or something like that to mm-hmm. make them forget their old, like, their current situation, which isn't great. Um, I think that's probably what she what she said it was about, but I was just kind of distracted by all the homeless people, like, on the TVs and stuff like yeah.
0: that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the hell? And a lot of
1: weird stuff had already happened by that point,
0: yeah. too. So. Yeah, exactly. And it, it was, yeah, it was, like, starting to get really weird. Um, uh-huh. So then, so he finds out that this thing is being run by Brian Bolivian's daughter, Bianca. And Bianca kind of talks a little bit about her dad. And I, I'm not sure if it was then or later, but he, he, for sure, like, she gives him this tape of of Brian. And then Max watches it, and he starts to hallucinate.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> Are they for sure hallucinations though? Because that's the thing about this movie yeah. is that what that does his perception of everything that's happening start when we start watching the film? Or is it already going on? Like, is the twist already happening, I guess?
0: I I suspect that he he starts to have these visions after he sees Videodrome.
1: The first time? Yeah.
0: Okay. Once he's seen Videodrome, then his life slow, like it first it's slow, and then it's like the scene, the scene where he watches because because then he like in that scene when he watches the Brian Oblivion tape, he sees him get like killed, right?
1: Yeah, like, he's getting like choked or something. Yeah, some guy
0: like, like garrotes him. Behind yeah, she, the throat. Yeah, yeah she and takes like, off
1: the mask oh. and she's like, Me? kind of a thing."
0: And yeah, it was Nikki, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so he sees Nikki killing. Brian oblivion. And then he kind of, I think he like kind of wakes up. He's like, what the what? Yeah. Um, so that's when it starts. Okay. The, the weirdness starts. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Uh, yeah. So, so then after that, I think he meets with her again and she's like, oh yeah, he's been dead for a long time.
1: Yeah. He died on an operating table, but it was intentional. Mm
0: -hmm. And, and then they talk about like, so video drone creates this tumor in your brain, I think?
1: Yeah, I was a little confused by that. Maybe <laughs> you can expand on it a little bit more, but like so Brian O'Brien gets this tumor, but it's later on he says it's going to be an extension, sorry, an extension of the human brain essentially. But he needed it gone cuz it was killing him. Yeah. But then Max seems to defeat the tumor and can live with it or something like that. So I wasn't entirely sure what where they were going with that or if I accidentally yeah.
0: missed something. Yeah, it, it is a bit confusing. I think it's just a way of explaining the hallucinations and like showing that this this video drum, this thing, this tape, it, it, it has a physical effect on people. It causes them to to actually change. And the yeah, the end result is like you start seeing these hallucinations and it kind of Drives you crazy and and um, it, it it sort of weaponizes you. Yeah. Um, you then become a conduit <laughs> of, of of video drum. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I think yeah. It's like Bianca tells Bianca tells him that they're the side effects of viewing video drum, um, which is that the uh, what carries a broadcast signal that causes the viewer to develop a brain tumor. Um, so Oblivion helps to create, to create it as part of a vision for the future, but when he found out it was being used for malevolent purposes, he attempted to stop it, but then they killed him. Yeah, so... Interesting, yeah. So he, like, helped create it, but then it kind of got out of his control.
1: Yeah, which tends to be, like, a theme with, like, mm-hmm. films like this. You know, you have, like, your your elder character who's going to like explain everything and then something terrible generally happens to that character mm-hmm. or something already has happened to them. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's it's like it's almost like there's a battle for the soul of this this thing mm-hmm. that can be used either for good or for evil and people are trying to use it for evil and the original creators are trying to like bring it back, get it back for good.
1: Yeah. And what exactly was Brian Oblivion's original intention for it? Exactly. Like how would he have used this for good when it's being very well equipped to be
2: bad?
0: I Um, I suspect he wanted people to kind of merge with, um, media. Oh, okay. I feel like that because that's in the end, that's kind of what happens to him. Yeah. He he lives through all these tapes of himself and his rebroadcasting the tapes on other shows. And
1: And I guess, by that logic, he would live forever. I mean, yeah. we kind of do that with old movies. Those people are watched over and over and over again. Yeah. That's legacy, that's immortality.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I guess that sort of was the idea. Um, but then other things happened.
1: But then some stuff got in the way. Yeah. He was just a liability at that
0: point. Yeah. yeah. So so then um, Max, he, he gets into contact with uh, the people who are creating Videodrome, which is based out of this, uh, what is it, it's called? Spectacular ocular corporation. It, it's like, like guy a mm-hmm. they may, I, the guy glass thing is like a front, but they're doing this stuff with like weapons or something. And he meets <laughs> this guy, Barry, uh, convicts. I was
1: like, yeah. that's an interesting name for a bad guy. Convicts. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's been like, um, and so he tells him, Oh yeah, put on this thing and we'll record your dreams or whatever.
1: Which I loved that thing they put on his head. I was like, that is so sci-fi. That's that was so some... it's like just stick. I was like, to put it on his head already. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah,
0: like imagine if that's what the Oculus looked like.
1: <laughs> oh God.
0: Yeah, so it was basically some 3D VR kind of stuff. Yeah, I really and... liked
1: the way like how it looked too when he's like when you see it from his point of view. I was like, this is. I don't know if you ever played the video game. I'm not a big video game person, but when I was little, there was a game called Duke Nukem. And had a very mm-hmm. very similar style, and it kind of brought yeah. me back for a minute. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it mind. it definitely something. It it kind of also reminded me of that, like <laughs> like Super Mario Brothers or whatever movie. <laughs> I don't remember. Sorry, oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, it's it's it is it is beyond bad.
1: Oh, but beyond I'm definitely gonna watch it.
0: It it I watched it as a kid, and I was I was like I don't know I didn't really think Much of it at the time. Rucker Howard gives an amazing performance in the
2: movie. <laughs>
0: Where, like Rucker Howard. Rucker Howard, it's like they took him out of Blade Runner and they put him in this movie. <laughs> in a
1: kids' movie? Is this yeah. supposed to be a kids movie? Oh well, kids' yeah. movies are. Yeah. Kids' movies yeah. from the 80s were
0: not. I think I th- and I think Mario was oh, I forget who the Mario was. Uh, but Luigi was like John Turturro or uh oh no, it was John Linguizamo. Yeah. I love John Linguizamo. It's like it, it is a it is a ridiculous movie.
1: It's ridiculous. Well you but have it like, at Ruckerhauer, so.
0: Yeah. The practical effects are actually really good, which is crazy about it. Practical effects. They're actually really good, but it, like the whole the whole world is like they went the totally wrong direction. Like they needed to make Sonic and they made I don't even know what, I don't even know what, it was it's like Blade Runner meets Alien, but a kid's movie.
2: Oh, God, that sounds terrible. That sounds traumatic. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
0: it was weird. It was just like, what? This, this is not the little cute guy jumping on toads that I remember.
1: Isn't it fun when you go back and watch movies from your childhood and you're kind of like, call your mom or your dad and you're like, so I got some questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's like a whole, what was that, Watership Down? I think that was one.
1: My mom accidentally walked in on my dad watching the remake and she called me. <laughs> She's like, have you heard of this? Because my mom loves bunnies. My mom's had two rabbits. And she called me and she was like, have you heard of this thing called Watership Town? Like, don't go near it. Don't go near it. You, of all people, cannot watch this movie.
0: <laughs> I remember was that Secret of the Nim. That was another one that was a little... I, 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 I'll never forget that scene with the owls in that movie. It's like, whoa.
1: I've never seen that one. I've heard of it. Um, But I rewatched the never ending story and the scene with
0: the horse. That, that is, that is like, that's the real stuff right there. It's like, this is all the world is when you're depressed. It's like, you're sinking into a swamp.
1: It's like the bog of sadness.
0: Yeah. This is the swamp. I think it's, yeah. Like the swamp of sadness, something Something like like that. that. Yeah. And it just like kills the horse. And he's, he can't get him out.
1: No, and you're like, helpless, and you're a kid, and what else can yeah. you do? And Yeah. That,
0: that that movie was for real. Like, that did yeah. <laughs> not pull punches. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we're going to kill your pet
0: while you're at it, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Life sucks, and then your horse dies. <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> This is hardcore. Pretty much. Um,
1: exactly. I mean,
0: I know a lot of people got scared by E.T., too, to be honest.
1: I was everyone afraid of E.T. I love
0: E.T. I think there were just a couple scenes where before before so <laughs> this I think I think Spielberg is like secretly one of the greatest horror directors ever like yeah. like maybe second or third like the only person better might be Hitchcock but he's so good at doing suspense like he just does <laughs> it without thinking about it like that's just how he like does a film uh, like I was watching someone watch um, Close Encounters for the first time Okay. and they were genuinely scared like half the movie, they were genuinely scared. Like, yeah, maybe.
2: like this, just like there's the- a
0: scene where like the the aliens come to the house and like the kids like, oh yay! But then the mom's freaking out, and um, and the and the kid just gets taken, and it's like you could yeah, you, that's that's kind of like a horror movie.
2: Yeah, because
0: okay. if you don't if you don't know that the aliens are good and they're cute and they're like, oh
2: hi,
0: we like that's you, true. you would think this this is bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got my. My boyfriend Ryan hates E.T., hates it. He could go on forever about how much he hates E.T. And my older brother Josh is the same way. And I'm just like, but they let you know he's harmless from, like, the the very beginning. He gets left behind. Like, he doesn't want to stay. He wants to leave. He's like, like, hey, you forgot me, which I guess I resonate with because I was forgotten twice on two separate occasions as a child. So. uh.
0: Are you, like, the youngest?
1: No, I'm number five.
0: Your Number, are you five out of five or I'm are you seven? Whoa, <laughs> well, maybe that's why. Like, there's so many,
2: yeah. It was like,
0: it was like home alone.
1: <laughs> somebody, somebody was gonna get left behind, but I still milk that. I still milk it. I'm like, you left me behind at church and at Walmart, two places I did not want to be. Holy
0: shit, you get left at Walmart, yikes! Yeah, yikes. Okay, oh. yeah. <laughs> All right, so okay, so he's like, yeah. So um, Max is like doing the VR thing, and then he starts having this really fucking weird dream of, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it was real about being in Videodrome. <clears throat> so there's like that weird wall that looks like, clay like wall. yeah, clay wall. And there's that like black. I don't even know what it's. It's like something like a ramp or something. Okay, and so then there's the television, and then the television is like, it's Nikki again.
1: Yeah, and it's also, like, Marsha, too.
0: Yeah, so what's interesting is, like, so he starts, so she's like, yeah, whip me, whip me. And he's like... Okay. First, then he really gets into it. <clears throat> and then when he's into it, you see on the television, it's, it's Marsha, not Nikki. Um, and then he wake up, wakes up the next day, and she's dead next to him. Yeah. And he's like, Whoa! i did not want to have sex with you you know or something like that
1: (laughs) no Um, he's pretty freaked out by it (laughs) yeah
0: and so then he calls um was it harlan i think
1: he calls harlan
0: and he's like dude like you know look what happened or whatever and then harlan's like there's nothing in there um and then he looks and there's nothing there so that's like but Masha's definitely dead right
2: I don't
1: know. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if she's actually dead, if they uh, got to her too, no. if they have to just clear out all the loose ends. So it makes sense if she got somehow pulled in yeah. as well, because she's the one who connected the dots for him, basically. Yeah, um, yeah no,
0: I really feel like she got killed, because like you said, it's, it's cutting loose ends. She knew about Videodrome. That's true. And so it's like these people, like, they're either used or they die. Uh-huh. And if Videodrome couldn't use her, they were going to use max as basically their assassin to kill her yeah um i think one thing i i'm, I'm not sure if it, i think it did happen before but like he has uh max has another dream where um nikki is the television and the television starts like
2: yeah he pulsating.
0: Gets and
1: crawls inside and it has like veins and it's, yeah
0: it's, it's it's alive
1: yeah and it again goes back to that whole merging of yourself like flesh with media
2: and stuff like yeah. that and
0: yeah. And he basically like, yeah, he like the really famous image, like he sticks his head into it uh-huh. and it's like her lips and it's, yeah. And so he's, he's really starting to like have these weird dreams that we don't know if how much of it's real or not. And I think also in that scene, he finally has that, that's that section of himself is cut open in his stomach.
1: Yeah. Like it's, it's, it looks like a stomach vagina basically but it's (laughs) it's just it's a weird opening
2: yeah it's uh, a lower
1: half um that you can store a lot of stuff i also i didn't understand like maybe he was i don't know if he was necessarily in i don't think he was in pain or maybe he was and they were not portraying pain in the same way that we're used to seeing because it felt very dreamlike to me um on purpose obviously um because when I feel pain in my dreams, it's not the same as if I'm feeling pain in real life, you know, because mm, yeah. it's, it's not actually happening. Yeah. Um, there's almost a numbness to pain in dreams and stuff like that. So that's kind of the same impression I was getting when he's, like, sticking the, the gun into his, his gut or whatever.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Because he's kind of like, well, this is <clears throat> kind of weird, how, how It's like, how far down can I stick my, my arm into this creepy, gross pipe to get yeah. something that I dropped kind of a thing. That's almost like, well, how deep can I put this gun into myself basically
0: yeah it, it was it was very it worked very dream logic wise because like if you wake up if you're in a dream and you like I don't know had a third arm or something or you mm-hmm. um I, I don't know there was some kind of weird dysmorphia with your body you, you yeah you, your inclination in the dream might be to explore what this what you feel like in this dreamlike state
1: yeah, why is this here? Maybe yeah. I should see what's going on in there. This seems—it seemed natural, but unnatural at the same time for him yeah. to do what he was doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was interesting, and and yeah, he's starting to like really. These dream stuff is starting to merge with when he's waking, and you can't tell if it's real or not. People are winding up dead, but are they dead? Yeah, You don't know. <laughs>
1: I, I just don't know. All I know is that it was very weird. I enjoyed most of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah it's I don't I, I, have, I have very few answers and more questions I yeah. feel like, which is what I feel like movies like Videodrome are supposed to do they're supposed yeah. to want you to ask questions
0: yeah, more. leave you with a lot of questions yeah mm-hmm. totally and so so then um later on Max meets again with uh right uh <clears throat> a Covex a Convex yeah. and um they so so then I think this is the scene where they basically program um, they program him to like start killing people. Yeah. And so he like takes a, a a VCR tape that then starts pulsating too.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: it, it, it almost like it's like rubber, like expanding, like it's made flesh or something. Yeah. And they stick it into his like section uh, in his stomach, like he's a VCR player.
2: Exactly. Like, and then with,
0: uh... he says, "Okay, go assassinate." the the other people that run your 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 company
1: yeah yeah it's like he is the the machine now to do their bidding essentially yeah
0: yeah he is the television yeah this
1: is the this is the the little usb that i'm going to stick into you with all of the programming that you need to do and uh come back when it's done basically it's yeah. like when you program commands into a computer or an AI or
0: whatever. Yeah. He's just
1: that. Now he's just flesh and blood doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so he sent off to do their bidding. So the first thing do, he needs to do is go and kill all the people at his, his company, all the other presidents. <clears throat> and at this point, like his, his hand like merges with the gun. Yeah. That's, I think that's so what
2: cool, looking, but cool.
0: Yeah. It's like really strange.
1: Yeah, like the scene um, when it's like the the metal tubes or whatever are going yeah,
0: in. was going into his.
2: That was very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? It's like very. I don't know, like it's like something out of the Matrix or something, like cyberpunk yep. kind of yep.
1: weirdness. It was very, very creepy, very off putting, very creepy, but I also can't yeah. look away either. Yeah,
0: yeah. And again, really cool practical effects. Oh, um, yeah. I forget the guy. The guy who did the effects, I think it was uh, Rick Baker really really top-notch um i think he's retired now but he was a great um like special effects artist
1: i have so much respect for those guys i have so much respect i keep feeling like i still think practical effects look better like Mm -hmm. not that you know all of the new cgi and stuff like that isn't cool looking and doesn't give us really great imagery but like, practical effects still to me just age better in a lot yeah. of ways if they're done right, if they're done well, they, yeah. age. they age better.
0: Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, yeah, so so he so Max is sent off to kill them, he does it. Then, then, um, they also want him to kill uh Bianca, so then he goes to kill Bianca, and Bianca kind of does this like Jedi mind trick on him.
1: <laughs> yeah, she kind of reverse programs him or yeah. reverse engineers him. He, he takes.
0: Yep, reverse reverse programs him, and she says, "You know the, the the craziest quote in this movie, death to Videodrome! Long live the new flesh!' Long live like
2: the new flesh.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>
1: it's like so is she? I mean, it kind of sucks because yeah, she saves him from evil Videodrome, but is she just as bad? Because she just she doesn't really save his humanity. She just reprograms she him. Yeah. Go, okay, now they tried killing me. Now you yeah. go kill them.
0: You yeah, know, at, she's
1: not even at, Max at this point."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point he's just like he's just like a he's just a machine that
2: a drone perhaps. Yeah,
0: a drone. <laughs> yeah. I have to, exactly. I'm sorry. And and he's just like yeah, he's just programmed from one it, it I I guess that's really the the thing in this film, the theme of it in a way is like there's this battle for uh how to to use these this media power, okay. right? Like video drone has the power to control people. but What is it going to be used to do? Exactly. Like, like, so the, the, um, the convex guy, he wants to use Videodrome to weed out the bad people in society. So have it self-destruct upon them and destroy them, which is why he wanted, he wanted, uh, Max to kill everyone at uh, civic TV because they see them as degenerate, evil, terrible people. Um, and so the, um, the, 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 the O'Briens or whatever, they, they want to use it to merge people with technology. Um, but it could be used for either one. It's, it's not good or evil. It's just, it just is.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. The things that we invent, the technologies that we find so awesome, like can be used for good or bad. Like the technology itself does not choose to be used in that way yeah. in X or Y or whatever. Um, it's what we do with it. We're the ones who control it. Like yeah, we're the ones who program it to tell us the weather and not to tell us to go Fuck ourselves, or something. <laughs> you know, like exactly. that's not useful. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they, I just I kind of just felt bad for him towards the end. You know, because it's just one man's humanity stripped away, and mm-hmm. whether he was a good person or a bad person, he's still that. He's just like you described it before. He's just the conduit at this point, and now yeah. he's just doing their bidding or her bidding. He really has no choice in the matter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like really lost his free will at that point. Um. Yeah. And he's just kind of, like, whatever you tell me to do, Master. And he just does it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, then the Jedi mind trick works. And he is sent off to uh, assassinate Barry now. Yeah. So, Barry's at this weird trade show or something.
1: Yeah, I didn't know eyeglasses trade shows were so, you know, fancy. <laughs> I like, yeah. I'd like to go to one of those. Seems fun.
0: Yeah, maybe it's a front sort of for something. Like, they're actually, like... Oh yes, our new video drum technology will get rid of all the terrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he blasts him at this trade show thing. Yep. Um, kills him, shoots him, and then says, you know, long to death the video drum, long with the Life new flesh. The yeah. Um and wasn't it didn't again he had like the the f- infused gun? Yeah, because like he was, I think he was
1: he's his... hiding it, because at this point there's no yeah. there's no like walking around in public with just like your hand fused to a gun, basically. So I think <laughs> that's why he's like, like hunched yeah, over. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah,
0: yep, yeah, yep, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so then then he Max goes off and he's he finds some like like abandoned ship or something. Or...
1: Yeah, it's like a abandoned cargo ship or something like that. And mm-hmm. I think it's funny none of his vices that were at the beginning of the movie are with him at the end of the movie. There's no cigarettes. There's no booze. There's no comfortable bed. He's literally left with nothing. None of yeah, his personal human comforts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's left with nothing. He's he's just completely succumbed to being a conduit for this thing. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> so then they <clears throat> give him one last directive. So he sees the television again. And he sees Nikki and basically, she bas- basically just tells him to kill himself, right? Yeah. Um, and the last thing we we see him kind of put the gun to his head, and we hear a bang off screen, and that's it.
1: <laughs> that's it. After the TV explodes with like
0: guts and <laughs> that TV explosion with yeah.
1: just meat. <laughs> like I'm not even sure what it was. It's was just a bunch of meat.
0: Yeah, just just like what the
2: hell.
1: To and styrofoam spray painted red
0: I don't know what it was it, then, Right it's kind of interesting too so like We see a television a television explode And then we, then he dies I mean it's almost like they're connecting the two Like the television yeah. is him
1: Yeah well when uh Bianca deprograms him he shoots The TV and it bleeds like it's a chest And it bleeds and he is uh, Shooting the TV ended up Shooting him and that's what kind of You know snapped him out of it initially Um why didn't, why did it kill him the second time? Or if it didn't kill him the first time, it just deprogrammed him the first time.
2: See,
0: yeah, there's some kind of analogy there where like that, the television apparatus is is <clears throat> supposed to be analogous to him, but in a certain way, like, like, I guess if when he shot it, 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 it kicked him out of it so that he could then be programmed again.
2: Something yeah. like that.
1: No, I I thought it was a very, again, interesting film and way ahead of its time. I think it saw a lot more than it realized it was seeing, like, just by its creation. Um, because yeah. we, now there's some people out there who can't live without social media, who can't live without checking their phone every five minutes. I got into this super bad habit where the first thing I would do when I woke up was go on Twitter. Like, literally, I would reach over, grab my phone, and just sit and scroll and i was like this is not healthy yeah
0: yeah i think i have a name for that now i forget what it's called but
1: like fear of missing out or something yeah
0: fomo yeah Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well i had a bad for a while (laughs) it's like two weeks bad two weeks but again with quarantine and not being able to do a lot of things you know like that's that's all we have right now that's all
2: yeah
1: unfortunately
0: yeah. 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 It's just, just, yeah, It sort of exacerbates it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But
1: uh, no, definitely. I don't know if I'd watch it again anytime soon. I need to like come down from it. There's a yeah. certain to come <laughs> down from a little bit. Um, but I think I'd probably rate it like a seven. Yeah. So if it were going out of 10, I would mm-hmm. do seven.
0: Yeah. I felt the same way. I, I felt like it was a seven. I felt, I felt like, it was definitely ahead of its time. It did a lot of very interesting things. It, it, you know, it, it talks about a lot of like things that are kind of happening in social media age. Like, um, <clears throat> I don't think, yeah, like you, you would never really want to remake this film, but you could make something sort of in a similar vein. Like I was recently watching, there's this film, the neon demon by Nicholas winning Reffin and, it, it's it's not exactly the same, but, like, that film was, like, trying to, like, talk about, like, the the horrors of, like, live, like the Hollywood
2: life. Oh, like yeah. I, I
1: haven't seen it, but I saw yeah. trailers for it, and I would definitely want it. It looks like one of those weird movies I would really like.
0: It's, yes, yeah, it's, it's very... it's it, I The way I would say it's similar is that um like, that film and a lot of his films recently, so, like, I would say... So, he... I, I just watched... He did this TV show, Too Old to Die Young, which was... Pretty good. Um, Only God Forgives. That film, The Neon Demon, and Drive. I kind of put all those together. Like Drive is the one that has the most narrative, Uh but like especially those like Neon Demon, Only God Forgives, and Too Old to Die Young. Like they're they're not really narrative films. It's more like you get a feeling Uh from them, and they're very strong on the aesthetic. Like he has a strong aesthetic, like look that he's creating in every single like every scene that he can you're like okay this guy <clears throat> wants to paint with light
2: yeah he creates, has a pretty-
0: yeah he has a very particular aesthetic vision of how to how to how to build a scene and it's very beautiful it's very beautiful but the narrative isn't really there and like what i would say is similar with the neon demon is like it's this this character who goes into this new world and the world slowly kind of eats at them and changes them. Uh And it's, it's, it's sort of in the end, there's a self-destructive quality to what's happening from the new world that they're thrown into. And it's like, not a lot is like overtly explained to you. Like in Videodrome, it's just like characters have these visions. You're not sure if they're real or not, Uh weird things kind of happen. You're not sure why people react to the main character in ways that you're kind of perplexed about. Um, so yeah, in that sense, it's 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 similar. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, that that was an interesting film. Um, but yeah, on video drama, yeah, I'd say it's like a seven. I think that I feel like thematically, it's a little muddled to me. I wasn't sure yeah. like exactly the point he was trying to make because, like, I mean, I you know, it's it's really deep too. Because if you think about like the fact that there was a person who literally drove to YouTube like the actual location and tried to like did a shooting.
2: Yeah.
0: And you're like, okay, that not to say that it's you know, I'm not blaming the movie or media oh, or anything no, like course. that. It's just like what what is the what is the filmmaker trying to say when that person's the protagonist and they're sort of like made to be a non-functioning entity. Like I'm not yeah. sure exactly what he was trying to to say. Is he saying like media has the ability to have these effects on people that's negative? I think it
1: does to an extent because when I watch the news, I get freaking depressed. I get so depressed. I mean, I want to stay informed, but at the expense of being miserable, (laughs) you know, like I want to admire certain people that I encounter on YouTube or in real life or celebrities, which is so ridiculous to admire celebrities. But then you just end up getting let down. Again and again. Like, I have a very good friend who loves House of Cards. Mm. Loves House of Cards. He was devastated by what came out about Kevin Spacey. Even though what was being said about Kevin Spacey had been been said for a very long time. It's just now now it's really out there, basically. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, he was just... It, it's, it's utterly devastating to find out that your idols and stuff like that aren't who that you want them to be. Um, Oh shit. I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> that happens because I don't make notes.
0: Yeah, no, it's all good. I'm um, sorry. yeah, I think it was sort of like having to do with like the media, like, yes, like influence
2: what, and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Because it, it, it prevents, a, it, it presents a kind of dark idea about the media and like what the media can do. Um, I guess it, my biggest takeaway is that I guess I would say is like, there's like a battle for what media can and can do. Um, yeah. like it, will it be used for good or will it be used for evil? It's just, it just is, but we are, we are the ones who decide what is going to happen with the media that we consume. Like social media can be used for a lot of good and it has.
1: Oh yeah, it definitely has. But then see it be used in a toxic way we see toxic people being put to the top we see smaller lesser creators not getting the recognition that they deserve because public opinion is swayed by other people sometimes yeah you know that's why we have three or four different news channels for different political parties (laughs) because you can't have it all in one for some reason
0: exactly yeah you just Um, like you get tunneled into like your little Exactly, mm-hmm.
1: and it's sad, but I think it's true that media—I don't want to say controls us or anything like that—but it does influence us in a lot yeah. of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, totally. from how to raise your kids in some ways to what the best dog food is to buy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
1: and someone will always tell you you're wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. and I think Videodrome was just a way of—I don't know—getting that message out earlier than I think it meant, than it meant to maybe,
2: yeah.
1: um, because we're just the ones, you know, observing it and dissecting it in the way that we think the message was supposed to come across as well. So I think the only person who really knows is David Cronenberg. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> maybe exactly. He
1: doesn't even know. Maybe he's just throwing shit at a wall and hoping that mm-hmm. it's stuck. I don't know,
2: but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I read. So he, he kind of wrote the film film because he was kind of into like pirating TV stations and he was afraid he was going to see something that
2: you you shouldn't
0: see. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. That's exactly what he said. Something you shouldn't see. Mm -hmm. So he came up with this idea. So yeah, I think we're both in agreement. Like it's pretty good. Got some really great, like practical effects, really disturbing images. But there's some things that don't totally work. It leaves you with more questions than answers.
1: Yeah, maybe some of that has to do with editing. Maybe it has to do with maybe they weren't even sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think its it's overall message will come through to people who are looking for it. Um, And I think it had something important to say. At the end of the day, whether it, and you know, tons of things that have something important to say are sometimes are bogged down by ridiculousness or silliness. Yeah. Hence like practically everything that has to do with Star Trek before 1989. <laughs> um, there's just so much silliness that sometimes you can't see the message. Um mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, but and some of it's just ridiculous on purpose. But yeah, there definitely was a message and I appreciated the message. As uncomfortable as it made me feel
0: sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. So that was our review. So now to do on, an on-theme, like, top five list, we're going to share our top five sci-fi horror films. So, um, all right. So, Lily, what's your number five?
1: Number five? Okay, and this is in no particular order, I guess. Cool. Um, yeah. Near Dark. Okay. By Catherine Bigelow. It's, oh, my God. It's so good. It's so gross. It's so Yeah. Good.
0: I don't think I've seen that film. I, I probably need to watch it.
1: It's really good. Um, Bill Paxton just completely gives himself over to the character he plays, and he's just he's just phenomenal in it. The whole the whole cast, like Catherine Bigle yeah. I think was married to James Cameron at the time, so he got mm-hmm. a lot of his actors from like Aliens to come over and like mm-hmm. you know I you be my wife movie kind of a thing. Um, but it's still it's really good. It is a vampire movie, but they're they it's it's good
0: cool um okay so my number five is the fly by david cronenberg um uh yeah that's another movie that's like uh really got good practical effects that are really creepy and weird another body horror film um yeah uh what's his name oh, I forget the the lead actor jeff goldblum. yeah jeff goldblum he like slowly transforms into I wouldn't even call it a fly. It's just some weird thing by the, I end of the film.
1: I <laughs> have only seen parts of that because it scared the crap out of me. Like, what I saw when I was little. And it was probably censored on, like, the sci-fi network, too. Yeah. Like I walked in and my brothers were watching. I'm like... <gasps> Oh my God. It's turning into a bug. I can't deal.
0: It is so gross. There's, there's, I don't know if you've seen, there's this one scene and I I guess Cronenberg's really into dream sequences too. I I think that's another thing. That makes sense. So Gina Davis has a dream where she's pregnant, right? And then she's giving birth. (laughs) And you can guess what happens there. I don't want. It is (laughs) (laughs) disgusting. It is disgusting.
2: Why would you do that to Gina?
0: It is disgusting. It is, It is oh. it it is like, genuinely, like, one of the most nasty, disgusting. Great use of practical effects.
2: You see, again,
1: <laughs> I don't even need to see it to know what David Cronenberg's aesthetic for that scene was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can only imagine. Metaphor. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, what's your uh, next film on your top five?
2: Uh,
1: are we going from five to one, or do you want me to just...
0: Yeah, from five to one, or whatever order you want to go in. Uh,
1: number four is the Terminator, the original Terminator, okay, yeah. not Genesis, and not the, that other <laughs> one with
0: a, Not Dark Fate.
1: I won't see Dark Fate. I can't. I can't take another Terminator heartbreak. I can't.
0: I can't. Okay, I feel like at some point that we should make a list of top five non-Terminator one and two properties, like film and television. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> because i genuinely think that dark fate is the best of all the other ones i think that there. i think genesis is the worst
2: oh genesis
1: is terrible the only yeah. thing that i actually liked about genesis was the flashback scene to sarah connor as a child and the t800 coming and rescuing her at like that lake or something i loved the way it looked i loved yeah. the vibe i loved just the the sim the symbolism of him reaching down and pulling her up like that's the movie I would
0: have watched
2: yeah. like
1: that right there is a child Sarah Connor hanging out it's like I would have why didn't you give me that
0: <laughs> yeah they're, but they're all bad everything other oh, than yeah, one and two bad. is bad Like, oh yeah period <laughs> all bad yeah sorry to derail you
1: no you're fine it happens all the time
0: <laughs> um yeah and, and the, that Terminator is definitely a horror
2: movie oh yeah Like, he he is
0: out to kill people, like, not some cute kind of stuff. Like, he's freaking murdering people.
2: Yeah, and it's not, like, if
1: there was a scene where he, wait, is there a scene where he kills a kid in the first Terminator movie? I don't think there is. It's
0: been a while since I've seen it. I would not be surprised.
1: Well, regardless, like, if he, like, that's what he would do. He would kill kids. He would kill men, women, children, animals, whatever. Like, because when Kyle Reese is like, he will literally not stop until you're dead. Like, that's kind of a terrifying thought, yeah. that you're literally going to be on the run in every other timeline, in every other universe, no matter what. Like, you're hunted specifically for this reason, and that's for reasons she has no control over whatsoever. And that's terrifying. That's, yeah, that is. And, like, that scene when he's, like, it's just the exoskeleton crawling.
2: Yeah. Like, 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 way,
1: like his programming should tell him, okay, this is cease and desist, you're, you're done, you're gone, nope. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that scene is so good because Kyle sacrifices himself. He puts a bomb
1: mm-hmm. in
0: the Terminator and you think, okay, this is where the movie ends. And no, like, it's even worse.
1: No, and that's when she's really alone too. She has got nothing. She has no weapon. She's she's limping. She's got shrapnel on her leg. Her boyfriend is dead. The, the guy who was there to protect her is mm-hmm. gone.
0: He so. just went through a, a freaking a bunch of cops, like killed yep. a whole police station worth of cops.
1: Yep. And that's the thing that, I just hated about Genesis. That Kyle Reese had no edge whatsoever. Like, Michael. I mean, Bean it wasn't
0: Michael Bean. Head.
1: Exactly. Michael Bean had an edge, though. He looked starving. He looked. Yeah. looked like he had seen some shit. Right. Like, they didn't cover up any of his natural scarring that he has on his face. Like, he. It just, looked like
0: they just took him off the street. Like, oh, exactly. I hate you. Come, come like be in our movie. Guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's what was so good is that this other guy, I think it was like Courtney something or. Yeah, Jai Courtney, yeah. I don't know if he can act, but I really have no plans to find out. <laughs> um, no edge. Like, this guy doesn't look like he's from a future where he has to eat rats and plasma. <laughs> are there gyms in this apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I mean, the gym is you're running for your life every day.
1: Yeah, well, that's not going to give you whatever these no, things it's, are. That it, it's quit. not
0: going to give you, tr- yeah, you're not going to get traps.
1: You're just getting okay. cardio. Like, yeah. Still. But what is what is your number four?
0: My number four is Annihilation. The oh, uh, that was good. weird that that movie, I I think so. There aren't a lot of horror movies that really scare me. Uh, Annihilation was one that genuinely did scare me. Um, there's a couple scenes in that film that are truly weird. Um, I think we're we'll
1: probably thinking of one of them's the same too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um. But yeah, it's it's a really weird film. Like, it's about... So some asteroid hits Earth, and then it starts to create this... I forget what they call it. Like, the shimmer? It's this...
1: Yeah. Um, so it look, kind of looks like a bubble,
2: but...
0: Yeah. It's like yeah, it's like a bubble. It's like a sphere that... um, And then inside the sphere, no one's ever come out of it, and they don't really know what's going on in it. And the movie just does such a great job. Like, there's... So they, you know, they, they all meet up. They have the team. Team goes in. And... The minute they go in, you immediately lose track of time. Like, the next scene after they walk in, the characters are like, you can tell that they don't know if they've been there for a day, for a hundred days, for like a minute. And it just totally disorients you from the jump. And then weird things happen. Like you and see it
2: disorients if, the viewers, too, because you're relying yeah. on these
1: characters to be reliable. And yeah. they, they aren't, because they yeah. have no frame of reference whatsoever. Which is also tricky because yeah, maybe this whole movie did just take place over the an hour and a half and one day or something like that. Um,
0: You have no idea. You have no idea. And yeah, they just weirder and weirder, weirder things happen, and it leads up to this totally bizarre, very very strange climax. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like that. And I I think unfortunately that movie uh, was not marketed very well at all. when I went into it, I I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't know it was like a sci-fi horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, which probably kind of added to the freakiness. Yeah. So maybe that was oh. a good thing. But I think it kept a lot of people away because like, they kind of made it seem like a weird action movie or something? Or
2: uh, Yeah,
1: again, that's like, bad marketing. I think if it had yeah, probably been marketed the way it should have been, it probably would have been more successful. I mean, I don't know how, I don't think it bombed or anything like that. I think Arrival also came out Around the same time, and yeah. I did see Arrival before I saw Annihilation. I was like, "Well, how can it get better than that?" And I yeah. do like Arrival more. It just hits a more deeper vein with mm-hmm. me. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Annihilation on a different level because they're yeah, very yeah. different films. They're exactly. not at all the same.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: they're like, they're common is the alien element. Um, yeah,
0: they're very different. Yeah, um, the, the aliens in Arrival are very much friendlier.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> We can call them Abbott and Costello and make jokes with them, but the ones in the Shimmer will, oh God, will not make jokes with you.
0: Yeah, who knows? Like, who knows what they'll try to do to you?
1: Exactly. We don't know what their end game is. We don't know what their goal
0: is. Or even if they have one. Um, Yeah. I, like, I don't know, have you ever, ever seen the movie Sphere? It's from the 90s. A long, long time ago. I really liked that movie. That movie, I watched it as a kid, and it, like, it struck me at a really interesting, it struck an interesting chord with me. But in that film... Samuel Jackson's character, he talks about the scariest thing about meeting an alien is that they might be something that would destroy us, but they don't even know it.
2: Okay. They're not even
0: trying like they, like, like like they, their, their chemical compounds could be made up of something that's poisonous to us.
2: No, exactly.
1: It's, it's like in, um, goddamn, war of the world. They didn't think a, a common cold would kill them mm-hmm. and it did.
0: Yeah. And it, Wipe them out, yeah. So yeah, that that's what always struck me about Annihilation. It was a very weird movie. Um, so yeah. So what's your number three? Slither. So yeah, Slither <laughs> is awesome.
1: Slither is great because a lot of the people in, like, just like the regular folk in the town, remind me of a lot of people I either went to church with mm-hmm. or have seen different kind of archetypes of them before. Um, It's just not that it hit like super close to home or anything like that. But it's like, yeah, I've lived in a time like that before. Like when they're doing what the deer run or something like that, it's like they're having like a party and there's like a montage of like the horror elements and then everyone's having fun and then someone's screaming and it's and it's just a funny movie. It is just a genuinely funny movie. Like you're laughing and you're scared. And those combination that combination is really just it's a better feeling than just being scared.
0: Yeah, that film is so good. I really like that. That's one of James Gunn's like best films. Um, and he works with a lot of his favorite actors, like Nathan Fillion's in it and forget the other guy, the guy who like like first really gets whatever the oh, alien yeah. thing. I,
1: Roar, O'Rourke or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um he's in like almost all, everything that <laughs> <laughs> he's in like everything. It's yeah, it's it's a great, it's fun, it's funny, it's scary. It's kind of you know he does some cutesy stuff. Yeah. Um. There's some really edgy jokes and like edgy weird stuff. But yeah.
1: I I still say it works. Sometimes it's family fun day, guys. We're gonna have
2: fun. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So my number three is Aliens. So Aliens is my number three. Right. Um, I I feel I I feel like I so we were talking in this uh movie review about practical effects. Aliens has like some of the greatest practical effects ever. It's so beautiful. Ever. It yeah, like I the other day I was just like looking at a, some some clips from Aliens and like when you first see the Alien Queen, I mean it is one She's of the most amazing ama- Yeah. Scary. Massive. It's just an amazing scene and like with like the way it's lit and like there's all the smoke and stuff. And, and it's that-
2: like
1: that's just like one of the... It's like T2. You know, it's like taking all the elements that scared us from the first one and upping the ante. And a lot of mm-hmm. sequels can't do that, which is why I think yeah. some most of the time sequels just aren't that. They tried with the yeah. second Jurassic Park movie. And while I don't hate the second Jurassic Park movie, the Annie was not... It was it was a bluff entirely. Yeah. And, to, like, aliens like, oh, you thought the foot soldiers were scary. Well, we got a queen. Yeah. <laughs> she has got one hell of a crown, buddy. And she's like... And it's just a phenomenal showdown at the end. Like,
0: it is phenomenal. Yeah.
1: If it's on TV or if it's streaming, I I always watch it.
0: Yeah, I yeah. It. I I feel like that film. I feel like it's so close to being a ten for me. It's like really close. It's like right on the edge. There's some things that I'm not in love with, but there's so much good in it. Mm-hmm. And like there's there's a lot where like you know when they're first really oh, or like the scene where um, the face hugger is after Newt and Ripley.
2: And they're like locked that, that
0: in. Is, yeah, they're locked in because of freaking Burke. Frickin piece of garbage. Burke.
2: Why isn't he a <laughs> Is he a meme yet?
0: <laughs> he should be. He be should Burke be. is like, Burke is the worst. He is Burke is the worst.
1: But
2: it's oh that,
0: it's
1: got so many elements there. like one of my favorite and least favorite themes in a movie is a betrayal from within because it has to be they have to, it has to be for a reason, you know? It has to mean something, and I like Burke's betrayal because I mean, he was not. I guess it's not really betrayal if that was his plan the whole time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's still a double cross. Yeah. Um, is that he just proves what a coward he is, yeah, like from the word go, just mm-hmm. a total coward. And I think Ripley yeah. was always kind of on to him, not, yeah, yeah, planned, well,
0: but- Ripley. So, like, the true enemy, the true bad guy in all the Aliens films is the company. The, Every time. The company is freaking evil. And she knew it. She knew it. Like the minute she went into that meeting and they were like, oh, it's no big deal. Um, But we'll pay you a lot of money to go back and meet more aliens. She was like, cause she was there for one reason to make sure they're dead. And yep. if they're not dead to destroy them. And that's why she said, nuke them from orbit.
1: Yep. <laughs> it's the only way to be sure.
0: <laughs> the only way to be sure. Nuke them from orbit.
1: Yeah. There's so much to like about that movie. Yeah. It really is. You have, you even are able to fit in the tiny little redemption arc for the captain guy or whoever who, whoever he was who didn't know what he was doing, and him and Vasquez are complete polar opposite characters and you have a mini redemption arc for him. Like
0: Yeah, he does he does get redeemed when he when he when he takes he the tries,
1: plan. Man. At least he's trying. Mm-hmm. Like he's passed out through the rest of the movie. <laughs> but like, and again, it,
0: is it really his fault? Like they should have just killed the aliens, but they wanted to profit off of them.
1: Exactly. And he panicked. I mean, like, obviously a lot of people died in the process because he panicked, but like, and because he didn't listen to Ripley, but he's got his faults. But I do appreciate that tiny little, we're not going to forget about this
0: entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showing that the true true evil was
1: Burke. Uh, Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, We can be scared of the aliens, but this guy has way worse. Like they just want to eat you bro. I don't know what they're they make more. I don't know. Use them as hosts. Basically. It's really
0: interesting. Like half the time they eat you Half the time. They just hit you in the head with their inner jaw and then leave you to be. Um, uh, yeah. A host. Yeah. Cause, Cause the hosting kills you. Like you're oh, dead. Yeah.
1: Either way you're dead. Yeah. Um, we don't really need to talk about my number two because my number two was also aliens.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Um. All right. So I guess I'll cover my number two, and we both talked about it. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. Um. So my number two is the thing. The thing. The John Carpenter version. Um. So yeah, the thing again. Another movie with great practical effects. Uh. Very scary. Um.
1: One hell of a little after dog they had. Like that dog is imp- is like menacing before <laughs> the shit really hits the fan. But
0: yeah, yeah. The it it's so well done too because like. I've, one of the things I've really found interesting is like, if you do the doppelganger thing right, it's really scary. Yes. Like the idea of something that can act like it's human but is not, is really scary because then you you're like you kind of don't know like who to trust or what to trust, and it just it makes you paranoid and it gives you that uneasy feeling, and you know that famous scene where he's like testing everyone's blood and then.
1: Yeah, now everyone else does that in their horror movies. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Exactly. But yeah.
1: Everyone does that too because it's 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 a iconic and B just the suspense that you can pull from something like that is. My dad loves that movie, and I remember watching it as a kid and just being so upset.
0: Yeah, it,
1: it's <laughs> people grow these limbs and these the hair isn't right. The faces look unhuman, but not because they're puppets or anything. It,
2: yeah, as it's, it's
0: really disturbing.
1: Yeah, and and it's when not, you, like,
0: see the thing and it's, like, got a head, but then it's, like, crawling or something. And
1: it's got the legs and, the, like, it's, it's, uh, it's so violent, too. You know what I mean? Like, the mm-hmm. pulling apart the, the body horror element, again, yeah. it's just, it's such an invasion, which, again, it's because it's an alien. But, like, it's just, it's, it's an affront on the self, like, on your body, because mm-hmm. you have, it's, it's so violent to watch something like that just yeah. come apart and be this thing basically. Yeah. It and it's so it. creepy
0: because it's, it's really intelligent too. Mm-hmm. It's sneaky and it's stealthy. And yeah,
1: it's, it can connive. It's manipulative. It gets it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very scary movie. Um, one of John Carpenter's best movies that in like Halloween, like, yeah, yeah. great great movie. Um, so yeah. So what's your number two?
1: Oh, it was aliens.
0: Okay. Okay. So that was your number. Okay. So what's your number one?
1: Um, Cabin in the Woods.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Again, because it's, I'm not a huge horror fan. I -hmm. like it when it can actually, it's like, I don't like the axe murderers generally. Um, unless it's something like Halloween. But that's because I feel like that had more to say than just an axe, or a knife killer. Um, but I like it when it's, it's something that will genuinely frighten me. And there's elements of Cabin in the Woods that do freak me out. Like, Because they bring all of them. They bring literally every element that will freak you out. It's got the werewolves. It has a unicorn. (laughs) Like It has the creepy mermaid. So that guy's just dying to see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And they come for him.
1: Yeah. And it's just... Again, it's one of those times where you're like, should I be laughing? Should I be freaking out a little bit? Like... Yeah, I think I think it's pretty good.
0: It's really brilliant, actually. It's yeah, a brilliant. It's, it's probably the most brilliant meta horror film since like Scream.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's just so like because like from the jump you know okay something's up why are they juxtaposing these
2: exactly. these
0: suits with these teenagers like what's the rub um, exactly and then when you start to see it's like oh that's really clever and funny um, yeah. <laughs>
1: When it, yeah it's it's just it doesn't take itself too seriously either like this is this is what it is man you can take yeah. it and you can run with it it even has like the crazy god element at the yeah. end of it mm-hmm. with sigourney weaver
0: mm-hmm. and yeah, I, love, yeah.
1: I love the choice that sigourney weaver's been making lately um yeah i don't know if you saw paul the little alien movie with Seth well, i haven't seen that yet it's 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 older now at this point and it's it's okay but she's in it and it's great um yeah it has like the i to, i just realized i have to feed my dog in a minute sorry
0: okay yeah no worries um <laughs> my favorite part of that it was like so chris hemsworth is like he like gets on a bike and he's like trying to because
2: <laughs> like, you know something bad's gonna happen yeah
0: like i i literally like was blown away and then i just started laughing my ass off <laughs> the,
1: the thing that creeped me out the most though was when the little ballerina girl—I don't know if you remember that. Like, there's like those cages. Oh just, yeah, like, yeah, and then
0: they like unleash all these things. Yep, and she's yeah. dancing,
1: and she just turns around. Her <laughs> face is just teeth, like yeah. it's just a mouthful of teeth, and I, yeah. that freaked me the frick out.
0: Yeah,
1: and I just uh, like the way it looked too. Yeah,
0: no, it was it was a great film.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So my number one is Alien, the 1979 Alien. Um. Yeah, another like. Just one of the greatest horror films ever. Um, what I really liked about it is like the production design is so good. It's it's like exactly. the way they make the spacecraft look like it is seamless.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it is perfect. Um, and it came out like a couple years after um, after Star Wars, so you can see okay. similar elements like making something that's new look old. Yes, and because like you know they're just a bunch of space truckers, and so they're basically in a giant trucking, you know.
1: Yeah, band. they even kind of present themselves and kind of look like that too, a little bit. Yeah, you know, they're really like,
0: mm-hmm, working class kind of people. Working.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and it again, it takes a while to get to the the alien reveal because even at the the dinner table scene or whatever, that's terrifying and stuff like that. Um, I forget the name of the character, but he he looks up and like, that's when like the aliens like crawling down or whatever.
0: Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot of good, there's a couple good kills. Like the one where the dude is like, he's got the Mm flamethrower and he's, he's looking for him and there's this like clanging. I feel like Ridley Scott, like that and like Blade Runner, there's a bunch of films where they, they like do these things with like ambient noise. Mm -hmm. That's very creepy. Like there's a scene in Blade Runner where, Deckard is going to find um, what's his name. Uh, and then he finds Pris, but he's just like, he's in this apartment and he's just looking around and there's all these toys and stuff. And there's this, there's this noise from the street. Yes. There's this, like, and it's just very off putting. Cause you can't, cause you know, you're trying to concentrate like, okay, what's going on. But there's this weird, weird stuff going on. And, and in that scene where the guys like in the shaft, you just hear this clang, like, clang, 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 clang.
1: The beeping of the computer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's all this stuff. And then he turns around and he just gets killed. Then.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, cause generally like we look to the, the musical score to guide us with how a scene is going to go with like suspense or, you know, whatever. But when there's no music, when it's just the natural noises of the environment, it's very off putting because we're yeah. used to being led by the hand a little bit. Um, no country for old men was bothering me while I was watching it. And I couldn't understand why until I realized there is no musical score in that movie. And as soon as I realized, I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen next.
2: Yeah. I yeah the, that thing.
0: Absolutely. It, that's a great example because it just heightens the tension. Like, like there's a scene in that where, um, Chigurh is coming after what's his name. And it like, he's at a, he's like in an apartment or something. And then uh-huh. he's, He's like, he knows he's coming and he's waiting for him at the door with a gun. Yep. And he's waiting there for maybe like 10 seconds, but it feels like forever. Cause he's just,
1: waiting. Oh, yeah. it feels way longer than it actually is.
0: And then like the, the, the doorknob shoots at him and then he fires at the gun and he jumps out the window and it's like, Whoa. <laughs>
1: and then the chasing, I was like, where's the music? Where's the suspense or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. there isn't going to be any. Yeah, you just have just, to let it
0: happen. Yeah. It just makes you feel uneasy the whole time. You're like, oh. uh, cause yeah, usually like the, there's a musical crescendo that it's uh-huh. like, or there's a build. Yeah. There's a build like, but there's no build. You're like, oh, is it coming now? Is it coming now? Is it coming now? And then exactly. It just yeah. Um, all right, cool. Yeah. So that was our episode. Um, those were our top five. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. So yeah. um well thanks a lot for coming by. Um I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you.
1: It was great um, talking with you too. I had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Hopefully we can do this again. Yeah. So um all right. And so how can people like find you and your channel and all the stuff you do?
1: Um you can look up Pharaoh Hazard uh at youtube.com. <laughs> um on Twitter, I am Margo Pontoon. Actually, and I think Instagram it's the truth according to Lily so three different names for my three social medias instead of keeping it things simple That's that's how you can find me.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, and just definitely check out like your channel You've been making a lot of great content for a long time. So
1: thank you. I appreciate hearing that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I didn't think anybody actually watched.
0: Yeah (laughs) (laughs) No, people do (laughs) you're putting good things out there into the ether, into the video drum. So
1: thank you. (laughs) I appreciate hearing that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, signing off. Thanks a lot, everyone. Um, Have a good night. Have a good day.